All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here. It's John Henning on the Franchise Radio Show. Today, we're joined by CEO Crystal Franz and Michelle Cohn, Senior Vice President of Training and Brand Programs over at Homewell Care Services. Ladies, thank you so much for jumping in today. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. So I'm really looking forward. We got some exciting stuff to chat about today. But before we get into the business stuff, um, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you guys know that I'm all about people doing business with people. So mm-hmm. before we get into the franchising and business stuff, could you just kind of give us a little bit of background? Um, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, that kind of thing. A little bit of personal stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm Crystal Franz. Um, during the day, I am the CEO of Homewell Franchising, um, but in my spare time, I like to say I am the CEO of my household because we run a very uh, crazy household. I am the mother of four kids, um, all under the age of 11, with a set of twins in there as well. Um, they keep us extremely busy, very into sports and um, coaching and all the like. Um, head up the the PTA of my children's school. So basically my entire existence is like I said, CEO of Homewell Franchising and CEO of the Franz household. <laughs> so CEO by day, super mom by night. That's what you're <laughs> basically, saying. Basically, right? yes. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, I like to say don't... my husband is the COO. So I, I strategize <laughs> it all and he all executes. Right. <laughs> all right. That's great. I love it. I love it. How about you, Michelle? Absolutely. So, um, you know, at a little little different stage in my life, my my kids are out of the house. I'm going to be celebrating my 50th birthday in less than two weeks. Um, Married to the absolute love of my life. We enjoy hanging out, spending time together. We have um, similar uh, joys and and interests. I have one son who's in his mid-20s. I also have a stepdaughter with special needs who is also in her mid-20s. We live here in the North Texas area with our two rescue dogs and our rescue cat. Once the kids were out of the house, all that love and energy needed to go somewhere. So now it it is all upon them. Um, uh, You know, I've been in the healthcare space for almost 25 years now, and I absolutely love it. I don't know what else I would do. I I always joke and say it's not just a passion, but it's a borderline obsession. I, uh, between home care and home care franchising, it, it is what I love to do, not only in my day-to-day work, but in my off time as well. So, Did you want us to pause for a moment and Crystal and I can sing happy birthday to you? I mean, we can do that. Right? <laughs> no, that's absolutely well, okay. okay. But on the 15th, you can call me <laughs> and sing all happy right. birthday. To- I'll be working all day. So it'll be in four days. All right. Good I'll deal. I'll put well, that thanks. on my calendar. Thank you, John. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime. I can even sing it backwards if you want. Um, so yeah, oh, yeah, it's much better. Everybody likes it when you sing it backwards because then it feels like you're getting younger. Do right? I get younger? That's what I was going to say. Am I going to go back yep. to like, you know, 40 again? Because I'll take that. So <laughs> thank you. Good deal. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. You know, like I said, uh, you know, folks like to do business with people, right? We don't do yeah. generally do business with companies. We like to know who we're doing business with. And I'll always like to share that in the beginning so our, our listeners can kind of get a feel, you know, who you are, right? Because I, I believe that that's one of the biggest differentiators of any franchise company is, is the people, right? Mm. Okay. We'll get into that a little bit more here as we go through. But jumping into the business side, you know, how did both of you get into franchising? Was it intentional? Did you, you know, were you quite like walk us through the kind of the history of the company and how you got into franchising? I mean, I would, I would imagine most like um, others 
where you end up in life is probably to a great degree, rather unintentional. (laughs) So um, I I was actually a a marketing background um, when I left school and started in hospitality and worked at a small, um, well, not rather, not small, but it was an independent resort and hotel um, doing marketing and advertising for them only for a short period of time before I jumped ship to Choice Hotels. So really my avenue into franchising was through hospitality. Uh, however, I fell in love with franchising very quickly at Choice Hotels um, because it really is a way to get into entrepreneurship without actually having to get into entrepreneurship. Um, I knew that I really liked the corporate side of things. Um, I liked the brand strategy. I like making sure that we are providing um, a solid return on investment for our franchise owners. But I also like people who want to pursue their dream of business ownership. I admire those folks. And so this was a really good um, spot for me. And so basically I, I, you know, my avenue was through hospitality. I worked at Choice Hotels for a tremendous, um, for a long period, long period of time in my career. Uh, Worked my way up to brand strategy and then left there and worked for another, hospitality franchisor called Wood Spring Suites. Um, and then our owner or our CEO at the time of Wood Spring Suites bought Homewell. Um, and he brought me over to, to Homewell and said, look, you know, we've been working together twice. We had worked together at Choice Hotels and Wood Spring. And he said, I know this isn't hotels. I know this is a totally different industry, but it's still franchising. And I think we could do big things here. So he brought me over to start doing the marketing um, and some of the brand work. And over the last few years, I've worked uh, with a great team and, and we've gotten ourselves in a really good spot. Now, you say that most folks get there unintentionally, but it sounds like it was actually pretty intentional to me the way that path went there. So he he didn't accidentally choose you to lead the team. Okay? <laughs> no, I think right? the way you start your career, though, there's, yeah. there's definitely forks in that road that when you look sure. back, you're like, if I would have chosen that left side instead of the right, we could be talking about a completely different place presently. Mm-hmm. Um but no, you're right. And it wasn't also, it was also very intentional for me to follow him too. His name is Bruce Haas. He's our current owner of Homewell. And I just saw him do great things um, at both of our previous companies that we worked together. And so it was an uh, easy decision for me to take him up on the offer to come over here to Homewell. That's great. I always love the story on how the company, you know, came to be and, you know, that kind of thing. It's one of the things that, that I get really excited about is kind of the, the history of the company, right? Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, how did you get involved with Homewell? Unintentional as well. It's very interesting. <laughs> I, I always say I kind of fell backwards into franchising. Um, you know, in, in high school, it, it wasn't one of the career paths that was given an option, right? There was not home care franchising was not an option. So it was kind of interesting. Who knew that this existed when we were going through occupational orientation classes, trying to determine what we were going to do in our lives. But I did recognize that I wanted to help others and I enjoyed um, education, teaching, um, learning. Um, I was a corporate trainer in the restaurant industry for a previous life before I entered the healthcare space. Um, after I had been working in the healthcare community for upwards of, of 18 years, some of the, the top regional, state, and national publicly traded um, companies in, in the healthcare space, uh, an opportunity to join Homewell Franchising presented itself, and I was very intrigued by this. 
Um, I felt personally it was a natural progression to take the decades of healthcare experience and bring that to the team that really supports and allows entrepreneurs and those interested in business ownership in this space the opportunity to launch, grow, and, and scale a business. Um, the healthcare space is very attractive, but it also can make some folks nervous if they're not a physician or have worked in um, medical equipment sales or metal sure. medical devices or um, pharmaceutical sales. Like, I know this is attractive, but how can I um, how can I find an opportunity to launch and grow a business within this rapidly growing segment? So um, this is the perfect way to do it. Is um, you know having the opportunity to 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 join Homewell. It's the perfect fit for the person that's looking for that opportunity. We provide them with with everything they need in terms of terms of the right brand support, resources, and insights for them to be successful in this space. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, ladies. Let's talk about like what does home well care services do? There's, you know, it's uh, we obviously know the the industry that you're in, right? But what what does the company do? Like, where's the what what's unique? Where are the niches? What are the general services you provide? Give us a rundown so our folks know, you know, kind of what you guys do. Uh, from well, from a consumer standpoint. Um, you know, and that that's what's interesting about franchising. I think you always have to wear two different hats. And I think that is sometimes the downfall of some certain franchisors is that they only look at the consumer side or they only look at the franchise side. Yeah. Um, I think our our company does a very good job of wearing both hats. Um, I know from the corporate side of things, we want to provide the utmost support that we possibly can for our franchise owners. Um, we understand that they are our key stakeholders and our end consumer are their key stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And so we need, for, for first and foremost, we have to take care of our franchise owners um, because if we're taking care of them, they will naturally take care of our clients and our families. And so that is number one priority for us. Um, and we, we certainly, we just do not take that lightly. Um, you know, we, have full life cycle support um, from FBCs to strategic programs. Um, one of the things, John, you mentioned that resonates really well with me is people. You talk about uh, people make a business. Mm -hmm. um, I have never seen that more evident in home care and more precisely at Homewell um, in my career. You know, we have a system of owners that. Um, are the most compassionate, driven, and um, likable mm. owners that I've ever seen in a franchise system. And one of the things that we pride ourselves on when we sell our franchises is that you are going to be welcomed into a not only a corporate team that cares about your success, but a network of owners who also care about your success. Um, they go above and beyond to help new people feel wanted into the home well system, to teach them. They invite them to their offices um, to, to learn about different pieces and parts of the business. Um, and one of the things that we recognize is what a value that is to our system. And so 
our job and we, we as a corporate office is to make sure we facilitate that. So mm -hmm. in addition to our support, which I could go on and on and on about what that looks like, mm -hmm. one of the largest things and the things I think that makes us most unique is that we facilitate that networking within our system with mastermind groups. And, you know, I know every franchise has a conference. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I think ours is very unique in that mm -hmm. we bring people together and let them share and, and be thought leaders. Um, and then we have regional meetings. All of these things really help to build that network and build that trust. And then not only are they gaining our support from a corporate office, but they are from each other as well. And I think that is a unique differentiator. Um, as far as the consumer side goes, Michelle, I'll let you touch base, uh, touch on that because I do think um, the, the brand and the service that we offer is also differentiated in the marketplace as well. I agree. You know, I... What's very interesting about our Homewell agency owners is, you know, they're providing this this peace of mind by offering high quality in-home care solutions, professional solutions that are needed and necessary in their community to help aging adults and, and others in need that allow them to to live independently and have some control over their their situation. So whether they're chronically ill, they're aging in place, they're recovering from surgery, they're disabled, whether you're 25, 35, 55, 75, or 105, there may be a need for the service that we provide and our, our agency owners are able to meet that need. It really is more about uh, providing peace of mind to our communities, to our families, to our clients, not just the personal care support, the activities of daily living that we actually do on a daily basis. Right. It's not just the task, it's the um, it's the the quality of life, the joy that we're bringing, the peace of mind, the sense of control back to the families and to the clients that we serve. Well, I have to tell you, I ask this question of everyone, of course, right, that I interview, and I love your answer specifically because, uh, Crystal, you pointed out the the two different things there. You you mentioned one of my favorite, I don't know, pet peeves or whatever you call, <laughs> is that uh, the the a lot of franchisors are really good with providing a service because they're in that business. Mm -hmm. Other franchisors are really good with their franchise owners, but and eh, not so much on this side. But I really mm -hmm. like how you you put those two, you separated the two there on this conversation and really you know showed our listeners um how important both sides of that are so i appreciate you you know putting that out there like that because it's it is a big difference even from things like uh from marketing right it's different for marketing for franchise owners than it is for consumers it's different for supporting customers than it is franchise owners because as a franchisor you have multiple customers right yep. Okay, so we're definitely on the same page there. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, even so. down to, um, you know, we look we look at it very intricately, like you said, even in marketing. I mean, we know that we have to provide our owners with the right marketing to reach the right clients and caregivers. Mm -hmm. But we, you know, but we also have our franchise development marketing, obviously. Mm -hmm. We have overall PR um, to make sure that we're as a brand being thought leaders in the industry, in the home care industry, which not only helps franchise development, but also helps our franchise owners in their local markets. Um, but we even look at internal marketing campaigns. So when we launch a new brand program or we have a new partnership, we just don't launch it. You know, we want to put together a marketing campaign internally <laughs> to mm -hmm. make sure that all of our owners are aware of what we have just put together, the benefits behind it, how they can take advantage of it, 
And then we track adoption rates. You know, we hold our franchise business coaches accountable to making sure that they have mentioned this to every single one of our their owners, um, making sure that for particular programs that we believe are extremely valuable to their business, we will make sure that, you know, there are a certain level of adoption rates that we want to see um, because we we don't want just the perception of value. We want to provide real value as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that a lot. You know, you're not just throwing stuff out there and saying, me too, me too. We, we do this too, right? It's mm-hmm. here's the program. We've tested it out. It works. And then you've got the whole team buy in on it, which obviously is where you're going with some of that. If you get your FBCs to, to buy into it and then the franchise owners are into it and it's providing a better value to the customer at the end of it, um, that's that's really powerful. So, yeah, and then everyone wins because at absolutely. that point they actually see the real value um, to their bottom line. Um, they also see it to their top line, which we care about. Um, and then we can go around and sell that to get more owners in. So it it really is a a full win when you look at it holistically in that way. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, franchise agency owners, the you know target franchise owners. A lot of folks out there that want to be entrepreneurs, and you you made a statement. It's you know we're we're able to bring entrepreneurs in without them having to do everything an entrepreneur would normally do, or something like that. You mentioned in the beginning. Um, what who is your ideal target franchise owner? I'm sure there's a spectrum, but give us an idea uh, who it is that would be a really good fit for your business model. Mm-hmm. So we, a few years ago, we actually took a step back and really looked at our system and analyzed um, who our successful, successful owners are, why might they be successful, what, you know, trend or what, what commonalities do we see um, to really try to come up with a target. And it, it, it's really more about your soft skills than it is about anything else. Um, this is a very home care Running a home care agency is a very simple business model. Um, It's not very complicated. However, we will not deny that it takes a lot of work. Um, It it is. It takes a lot of grit, a lot of not giving up, um, Mm -hmm. and just putting your head down and keeping going is what we say. And so, you know, the the people that we find are most successful. They're just driven. they, they want to capitalize on the demand there. Um, we can get into that a little bit later, but the, the, the senior population is just ever growing. So they're smart. They know what, what they're getting in on, um, but they also want to make a difference. Um, I think we find that the people that are most successful, um, they want to make a good dollar, um, you know, and that's why they're doing this. They want a strong return on their investment, um, their initial investment. However, they like going to bed at night knowing that they're making a difference in the lives of their clients and their families, as well as the caregivers that they employ. Um, so that's that's by and large what we see to be the most successful as far as our franchise owners. Um, I would say in the last couple of years, there's two types of folks, I think, that we see come to us the most. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's your corporate your corporate folks, you know, have been in the, the corporate world for quite some time. They've always dabbled with the idea of owning their own business, um, but they, they've never done it. However, they have managed teams really well in their corporate career. Um, okay. they, they are good team managers, good team leaders. And we find that that translates very well into home care agency ownership. Um, and the second are your um, home care managers. So they don't own it. Um, or any kind of healthcare 
um, background where they are managing teams, they're managing the agencies, um, but they are kind of tired of helping someone else make a whole lot of money and they want to go do it for themselves. Um, and they might be scared, but we bring them under our, our belt. And um, if you will, I will say that we, we are good at both because a lot of times our corporate folks, they know how to run a business, but they might not know anything about the home care industry. Sure. And sure. so we will teach them everything they need to know about home care um, and then continue to help them scale a business. And on the flip side, our uh, healthcare folks that come in, they might know a lot about the home care industry, but not really know how to get a business up and running. Um, and we have folks at our corporate office that that's their specialty. Uh -huh. um, very much so is once you know home care, you might, you kind of know home care, but to scale a business, to know when that next hire should be, to read a right. P&L. Um, these are all things that we can support and help. Um, so any type of business owner, really, we, we try to supplement their gaps with our support. Uh -huh. That's great. That's that's kind of where that franchise comes in. You're, you know, we're in the middle of the World Series right now. You're starting them out on third base, right? Yep. <laughs> I'm not a big sports guy, but you know, that's an easy one, right? <laughs> that's uh, exactly you got to hit right. that RBI and get the run in. So I like how you put that. Now, Michelle, something that Crystal brought up there on even on both types of that, those folks, though, she used the leader, the soft skills, transferable skills, and led a team, right? Those were the things that I heard. It wasn't someone has to do this or someone has to do that. Mm. Would you agree that you're looking for leaders that want to grow? teams and have those soft transferable skills? I, I agree. I think that, you know, the definition of success is different for each individual, right? Some want sure. to own a particular area and have a multi-million dollar, tens of millions of dollars in, in, in revenue, that size of business. Others, not so much. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it depends on the unique uh, desire of our business owners, um, much to what Crystal said earlier, some, you know, really like working the day to day, they, they, they want to get out there in their community, they love the sales and the mar marketing and the networking and, and getting to shake hands and, and, and see whites of eyes and have conversations, you have other owners that, you know, are more in the office looking at the numbers and, and ROI and KPIs and quality measures and the financials and, and, and all of the accountability of their teams and things like that. So it's important for us to identify what they like to do, what they want to do, what soft skills that they do bring to the table. And our franchise business coaches work so intimately with our owners that they get to know them on a unique level. Um, again, what does that definition of success look like to them? And there's a lot of flexibility in in our in our model, um, you know, private pay. Do we want to go after more insurance opportunities? Um, you know, is it one territory? Is it multiple territories? What does that look like for you? And where do you see yourself in your business? And that may be different depending on different stages of growth, right? Sure. At the launch phase, they may be all in. A few years later, they're the more of an absentee model with an executive or administrator. And then eventually they may build that asset and look to sell, or it's a legacy for um, their, their children at some point. So whatever that looks like for them, we want to make sure that we are that vehicle to to help them reach their their destination. No, thanks. That's exactly what I was looking for was your viewpoint on that. You mentioned a couple of things there that are literally like made it easy for me to ask the next question here is, you know, what's the day in the life of a typical franchise owner? And I think I'm going to hear what <laughs> I, I think I know what I'm going to hear, but um, go ahead and uh, give us the rundown. You know, what is a typical, if there is one day in the life of, a, of an average franchise owner? 
Well, and again, it, it can be very unique for some of our owners. They're out of the office. That's what they do. They're 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 networking. They're they're building relationships with their um, with their community. They're they're sitting on boards and they're part of civic organizations and they're volunteering and all that brand awareness. They love that. That's our extroverts typically. Then you'll have mm -hmm. the others that maybe um, you know I like to hire other folks to do that on the day to day. Or my partner that came into the business with me. That's a skill set that they possess and what they really desire. So. So, you know, for some owners, they are in the business, um, you know, eight in the morning, having the operations meeting, supporting their teams, being the leader, um, doing all the things that they need to do to make sure that they're that they're filling the buckets of their internal teams and, and, and making sure that they're achieving what they need to be successful within their their roles. Um, it's it's very unique based off of what the owner would like to to achieve in this business. Um, uh, which I think is also very attractive uh, because there's not a one size fits all. You know, you're not going to be in the business doing these 10 things Monday through Friday every day, unless that's something that you choose to do. So mm -hmm. there's lots of opportunities to identify what you want to do, what role you want to fill and what you're going to hire in order to support those those pieces that maybe aren't as interesting or attractive to you. So every business looks a little bit different. What's interesting about that, John, is I think every now and again, we get some new franchise owners that come in. And that's one of the questions we ask when they go through discovery, like, what, right. what do you see yourself doing in the business? Mm -hmm. And we will have talked to a particular candidate for, for several weeks. And internally, when we go through our, you know, internal meetings, you know, we'll say so-and-so candidate out of whatever city, they're going to knock it out of the park as the salesperson. You can the, tell the marketer. Yeah. yeah. And then when we ask the question, they say, well, I'm terrible at marketing. So that'll <laughs> be my first hire. Right. And that's part of what, you know, that's, that's part of what we try to do is say, I, I don't think so. I really think that you should be out there in the market. Number yeah. one, no one's going to sell your business like, like Absolutely. yourself. However, from talking with you, you don't realize, right? Yes. And so we, we get that every now and again, you know, these folks that, you know, it's, it, we try to say, I, I think you might actually do well in this role within your own business. Crystal's well, like absolutely right. You know, a lot of times <laughs> folks are fearful of the sales hat and all that that stirs up in terms of emotion and thoughts when you think about sales. But we realize that in this space, it's about awareness. It's about education. Um, it's not about a hard sale at all. It's mm -hmm. more about this is who we are. This is what we do. If you need the type of services that we provide, and at some point, 70% um, of those over the age of 65 are going to need the personal care support services that our agency owner, uh, owners uh, provide, um, that's already there. So it's more comfortable to them when it's more of an, you know, an education, uh, information, awareness, not you know, that hard sell that you see in a lot of a lot of organizations or in other business models. And they're like, I actually love this. I love speaking about my business and speaking about the value we can provide, the solutions, the professional solutions that we offer to our communities. That's easy. I love that. And then lo and behold, they're an excellent sales marketer in their community.
Well, I like how you're you're helping them identify that too through that discovery that you mentioned too, Crystal. Is you're figuring out you know what what piece of the puzzle do they best fit in? Talking mm-hmm. with them, walking them through, and then then also I'm I'm assuming right. You mentioned this. You're going to then help them hire the the needs that they mm-hmm. need. We know we need to go target this type of person. Mm-hmm. Here's where we go find that person. Here's the ad we run or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to help them go higher to the things that they then need to backfill on the things that they aren't good at or the things that they don't do. Right. Yep, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Now, Crystal, let's talk a little bit about it because I know this happens. Okay. I've been in franchising a long time <laughs> and folks come to us as franchisors and they say in their mind, these are the, based on the questions that they ask us or the things sure. they assume, what do they think they know, or what's the misconception about your franchise? Cause I know it happens to you guys all the time. Um, and we've never talked before, but when you're first talking with folks that first or second call, they think they know something about the business and you're just like chomping at the bit saying, ah, uh-uh, here's how it really works. Walk us through what the top misconceptions are when you first talk to people. Yeah, I think the first two that come to mind is, um, and and I'm guilty of this, is not even not knowing what home care is, uh-huh. um, because it often gets um, mixed up with home health, yep. um, and and there there's a distinct difference there. And home non medical home care um, really doesn't carry a significant amount of liability. Um, it's it is a very simple business model, and I think sometimes it seems scarier than what it is um, right. because we are not. Um, doing a lot of the things like your your home health nurses are doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably one of the larger misconceptions. And like I said, I, I didn't necessarily, I, I associate it with, you know, your nurse at home who's taking blood pressures and, and drawing blood and whatever else it is that, that the home health um, aides and nurses do. Um, but this is really a supplemental to all of that, but it's such a giant need. Um, and, and so I think that's one of the first misconceptions. Um, it's just educating them on what home care is, um, mm-hmm. the, the narrow space that we play, however, how impactful it is and mm-hmm. how much, um, money there is to be made, um, from that narrow space in the, the health continuum. Um, the second misconception is that I think you need to have thousands and thousands and thousands of clients to, to have a meaningful business. Um, you know, we, John, you probably know this too, being in, in, in franchising for a long time, you know, sometimes you get some candidates in here that think they need three, five, seven territories to units to have a meaningful business. And we are very disciplined, um, in wanting to make sure that our owners are successful. We don't want them to be cash strapped out of the gate by selling them five, three, five units. You know, a lot of times we will be very disciplined and only offer one to two um, because we want to make sure that number one, we want to make sure that they're, they're going to show up to what they say they're going to do right. um, and, and, and open the business and, and, and give it a meaningful try. Um, but also we, we have a very good, um, you know, we offer them 40,000 seniors within one territory. And so you don't need, you need a very, very, very small slice of that pie to have a meaningful business. We're talking 30 to 50 clients. So that's also a large part of the education that we do in the discovery process to try to combat Mm -hmm. some of those mis conceptions. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. A lot of folks, you know, would-be entrepreneurs will, they'll talk with franchise companies and they think 
that they've got to have this huge area or multiple territories and have thousands of clients to to have that meaningful business. I know exactly what you're saying um, yep. on that. And those and the two that you mentioned, um, I the first one, I've personally been down that path of the two different home health and home care um, with my wife's mom and with my mom, which I'm sure you hear from a lot of folks when you're when yep. you're talking with them, right? Um, you know, it's that's I've been down both of those paths with both of our mothers. I know exactly what you're saying on the difference, but I, I can see how the average entrepreneur that maybe hasn't been through that experience on both of those may get confused or have that misconception about, you know, not understanding and being a little uh, fearful even of the home health side, you know, more liability, more licensing, more, mm -hmm. more of everything, right? Right. Or well, also just in, um, from a business perspective as right. well. Um, I think one, you know, is is covered by insurance, but only up to a certain amount. Sure. And, that, and then, you know, in, in home care, it we we primarily pay, play in private pay, right? Um, because it's very supplemental. So there aren't caps. You know, that's one of the things that I, I I tell people when you look at what's unique about us is we have very little constraints for growth. I mean, we you're not you don't have a brick and mortar that has open hours. You don't open at a certain time and close at a certain time. Um, in many cases, we have clients that need twenty four seven care, and so we have owners that have clients making themselves making them money while they're sleeping. Um, because it's just happening 24 seven and there is no limit to how many 24 seven clients you can go get. Um, or you, you just have to have the caregivers. And so, um, I think understanding the difference between home health and home care, not only from a, um, execution standpoint and what you actually do, but from what that means as a business owner is really important too. Sure. Sure. Let me jump a little bit uh, more on the industry side. Uh, a buddy of mine earlier this morning, I was talking to him something totally unrelated from franchising. He, believe it or not, he was talking about buying a motorcycle. And he <laughs> said, um, the silver tsunami is coming, right? Um, oh, he said yeah. that, oh yeah, I know. See, I, I do my research now. It just happened to be this morning that uh, he mentions he's 65 years old, sold his motorcycle. Wife got upset when he bought his other new motorcycle. Of course, that's what we were talking about. And uh, he mentioned that silver tsunami. So let's talk a little bit about the industry. What I already know this, but I, I want to give you a chance to talk about where's the industry headed in the home care, right? I mean, obviously it's growing, but why is it growing? So it's driven by our baby boomers. It's driven by the aging of our baby boomers. In 2030, um, the, the last of the baby boomers will be turning 65 and the oldest will be turning 85. So mm -hmm. there is this increased need of providing quality healthcare, home care services in the home. The pandemic did a lot of things, but one of the things it did for our industry was highlight the value of receiving as many services as possible in the home, particularly when you're an aging demographic um, sure. versus um, you know, congregate living or institutional care. Um, you, you couldn't turn on social media, read a report, or turn on the news without seeing really sad stories about these seniors that are in institutional settings and because of mandated infection control protocols, um, they were uh, removed from the families and the loved ones that care about them and it made an impact. It made a, a physical, mental, emotional impact on their well-being. Yeah. Um, so with this, this aging, this silver tsunami, right, there is a need. And 40% um, of those 65 today need some sort of personal care support services. What we provide 
And again, as, as stated earlier, 70% are going to need that at, at some point. And we do know that nine out of 10 want to age in place at home. The, the future of healthcare is in the home. And right. we are uh, a necessary piece to make sure that that need and that want is being met. And that we're also, you know, a part of the cost saving process when we look at Medicare dollars. Um, it's expensive to care for this aging population in a facility brick and mortar setting. It's a less expensive, um, more attractive option to provide those types of services in the home, oftentimes with better outcomes. So the demand, I, I, I said earlier, I've been in this space for 25 years, the demand for the services that we provide has never been greater than it is today, other than tomorrow, it will be greater than it is today. And next week, it will be greater than it is today. But the, the demand for the service is there, and um, we are necessary to meet that need. No, I like how you put that. You know, Michelle used a stat there that I like the the nine out of ten folks that want to age in home. I want to talk to the one person that doesn't want to do that. Right? I, do, I, think, I want to know that too because, <laughs> yeah, because I think if they do that study now, who is that one person? Right. You know, like, they, either didn't, one? <laughs> they didn't understand the question, or the, the the interviewer didn't understand the answer because right. I'm pretty sure nine point nine out of ten would yeah. want to age in home. Right. Nobody says, "Hey, I want to go do that." Right. Yeah, I will. I will tell you. I did ask we, my husband and I asked our children just the other day. It was like, you, you know, mommy and daddy are going to be getting old. We we have four of you. It's that you're our insurance policy. Which one of you is going to help take care of us? And one of them said, "Isn't there a place that we can put you?" And I thought to myself, "I am failing. I am failing oh. <laughs> Super mom, you got to put a different uniform on. <laughs> Isn't there a place? Like, oh, oh boy, <laughs> that, that is so funny. I have a friend of mine who though said that you know what I look forward to moving into a facility. I'm going to rule that place, like I'm going to be the queen of the castle. So I can, I can, you know, yeah. there's different strokes for different folks, but there's a value to waking up in familiar surroundings, yeah. yep. um, being in comfortable, familiar, especially as we may be facing. Um, confusion or uncertainty or loss of control mm -hmm. as we get older and that loss of, of independence, we, we feel sense. comfortable. There's, there is a, a price our, our clients are willing to pay to put their head on their own pillow at night and to wake up in their own bed in the morning and have coffee on their back porch um, in familiar with their dog and their cat and their loved one and looking at the birds and enjoying their surroundings. And that's what we do. That's that's what we're solving for. And that's that peace of mind that we're giving to the families and to the consumers. I always like asking the next question. Um, are there some areas that are better than others for your business? Are there hot areas, exciting areas? Are you targeting specific areas? Walk us through, uh, Crystal, if you could, you know, what areas, if, if I'm in this area and I'm thinking about this kind of business and I should reach out to you, like, is there, does that exist or does this work everywhere? Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. I think from a macro level, the demand is everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. We, we, we find success in, in all states and all cities. Um, we are still a rather small brand in comparison to many others. And so while we're in 25 states, I think we have about 70 owners. Um, we have a ton of territory available. Um, and, and there are some major cities where we still would love to plant a home well. So, you know, cities like Chicago and Atlanta and Indianapolis and um, still some areas in Florida and Texas. So, you know, 
those are some areas that we're targeting. Um, but really, this this works anywhere. Um, on a micro level, I think once we get some folks in the due diligence process and they're going through this and they're feeling like they they might want to pull the trigger on it, um, we do actually advise um, they need a very small little footprint of an office to run mm -hmm. this company. But where you place that office is very important. Um, sure. That one does requires some strategy um, because we're not bringing clients into to the office. We're going to their homes. So mm -hmm. you do not need to be uh -huh. where your clients are within your territory. We really advise that you go where your caregivers are. Um, uh, okay. And so a lot of times there is a dichotomy of, of, of you know, the, the wealth area, wealthy areas of where you're going to get your clients. Um, and then there's other areas where you might find the work and, and your caregivers. And so we we are very strategic when we where we tell people to place their their office because your caregivers will be coming in for interviews, for training and such. And so from a micro level within the territory, yes, there is um, certain places where we believe you can be more successful. And folks, if you're listening in to this interview right now, this is what franchising is all about. What Crystal just talked about is that the black eye, bloody nose stuff that the franchisor has already done, that you get the benefit of, of what you just said, Crystal, about let's maybe if it makes sense, let's find that office in where the caregivers are. Mm -hmm. Right, because we can go find the clients through this method, the proven system. But what you just said is franchising in a nutshell, because someone else out there trying to do this on their own or through another company that doesn't look at it that way might make that mistake of putting it in the wrong spot and then have to, you know, even reboot and say, hey, well, geez, I have to go over here and open my office now. And it's just more work and more time and more effort that you're going to save them. Right. That's to me, that's one of the values initially of a franchise company. Yeah, right? exactly. Because you could open your, your office and you could be spinning your wheels for years before you realize the insight. It's like, why am I having problems recruiting caregivers? You know, I, I get X amount of um, interviews set and only 30 percent show up. Well, that's because they're having to go straight across town all the way on probably three buses, maybe. Um, yeah. And, and sure. use gas money to get into your interview when if you're office is right there where where the pool is um you would have a lot more success i know we might not want to talk too much more about that stuff because your competitors are going to listen to this video that's a nugget she just dropped right there yeah all of a sudden right everybody else is going to shift gear no i'm just kidding but that's no my point is that is that's what franchising is about that's one nugget right mm -hmm. you've got this whole other experience list of things that come along with joining the franchise company now when you First, bring a franchise owner on board. They go through the due diligence. Um, they're gonna they're gonna learn about you. You're gonna learn about them. I can already tell it's a two way street with the way you guys do business. Just because I've done this so many times and been in franchising for a while, what does that process look like? If I raise my hand and say I'm interested in Homewell, what does that process look like for me to learn about you and for you to learn about me? Yeah. So I mean, we again. It, we try to account for all kinds of, of people and interest and, and, and the way that you might want to do your due diligence. Um, because we, we see candidates that come to us and they, they want their hand held from the very beginning. And so they have a dedicated development director that walks them through the whole process step by step, giving them all the, the support they need to make a, a sound decision. 
Um, we see other candidates though, and, and they might be in our discovery process, having already talked to us for months, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we have to lead them to a decision. We have other candidates who they come technically into our pipeline um, and will turn around and sign within 30, 45 days, 60, very quickly. But that's because they are more independent in their due diligence. Sure. Um, and they have wanted to learn about it on their own. They're, they might be skeptical of a salesperson or a franchise director um, leading them one way or the other. And so what we try to do is account for both. Um, we In our marketing, um, we have a self-led portal um, okay. that we can give access to those folks that might pr prefer to go through it on their own before they start talking to someone. Um, we put a lot of investment into our content marketing. Um, we want to make sure we're providing content through that self-led portals, through our social media channels, um, videos of our current owners. We allow people to explore our brand and what we have to offer in a very autonomous fashion. But then when they do come into us, like I said, there is a dedicated franchise development director there that's going to help them work through the process, show them what webinars they might want to go to that we're hosting. Um, you know, much like what many franchisors, I think, do. Um, mm -hmm. I will say, though, that um, maybe two of the unique differences for us um, is, number one, is our validation. Um, I I take significant pride on the fact that I could put every one of my owners in a bucket and blindly pull out one and would be very comfortable with any candidate talking to them in validation. Um and, and that is huge for us. And we take, again, great pride in it, but we also want to continue that. Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, we are just not letting anyone into our system because with a system like that, that I can put anyone in a hat and let them positively validate, I want to protect that system. Sure. Um, and do we always get it right? No. Um, but for the most part, I think we do a great job of making sure that the people that we're inviting into our system are the right types of people. And so I often do a final interview myself um, and talk with the candidate just to make sure that there aren't any red flags. And our franchise team, they are they know that they can say no um, if it just doesn't feel like the right fit. That's good. And that's powerful too, right? That really empowers the team to choose the right people and form that real partnership that works for, for both parties. Crystal, I want to clarify a couple of things for non-industry folks. So validation mm -hmm. is part of the process of due diligence where a potential franchise owner is going to get a chance to speak with existing owners before they would join the system, right? That's, right. that's validation. And the one thing you mentioned there, I just want to clarify for our listeners it's not that folks go fast through your due diligence process, just that when they get to you, sometimes they've already done a lot of their research and learning beforehand. You're not going to let somebody just rush through and then look back and say, geez, I wish I had known that, right? They're going to no. have all the info, right? Yes, yeah. exactly right. Yep. There's some folks that just, they, it, it's more getting them, they're, they're already comfortable exactly. with the idea of home care and home well by the time they get to us. Then right. there's other folks who um, they, they they want us to help them get comfortable with the idea of home yep. care and the education of home care and home well. Um, and so that off, that sometimes takes that lead process is a little longer. Perfect. And I, I knew exactly what you meant because I've been doing it a while. I just want to make sure our listeners didn't think, oh, geez, when I talk to them, they're going to expect 30 days. I'm writing a check, right? That's not how this works. It's an extensive mutual due diligence process. Yes. Thank you. Right. And thank you for clarifying, clarifying that. And often if they, if they come in too ready, 
I mean, that's a red flag for us. <laughs> you know, we, we, we start, Ooh, yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I, you know, we need to first date and get engaged before we get married. I um, say that all the time. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. it, but there are folks that, that do, they, like I said, they're yeah, sure. very autonomous. They do it on their own. They come to you us. And so we can yeah. skip the education of mm-hmm. home care, the silver tsunami, what the demand is. Cause they've done all of that on their own. It's really just, let's make sure we're comfortable with each other. Let's make yep. sure you understand what you're getting from us, what we're getting from you. So that does truncate the time just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Good deal. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the cost to start the franchise. I want to mix my question up a little bit here. So we can talk with Michelle for a minute. Yep. Michelle, can you walk us through what the training's like? How long is that? What does it entail? How does that portion of this work? Because I'm assuming it's very comprehensive. And then I uh, was provided a, a specific note here about something exciting that you guys have rolling out here soon as well. I want to make sure to give you a chance to talk about that too. Absolutely. So yeah, when it so the, the time that it can actually take from signing to getting your business open and operational typically takes, you know, 90, 120 or so days. And it also depends on the business owner. Sometimes we have owners that come in towards the end of the year and they need to stay at their current position right till the end of the year. And they would like to launch their business sure. in March, April or May. So it kind of depends on their needs. And, and we want to have a conversation with them and decide what that looks like for them. But for those that are, you know, that join the organization, they're ready to go through the process and, and, and open when when all of their training is complete and all of their, their due diligence in, in, the, in that process is complete. Um, typically, we look at anywhere from 90, 90 days, 120 or so, depending on on um, licensure. Every state can be a little bit different. We have some states with no licensure at all. So those with no licensure process, it's about 90 days and doesn't take very long at all. Um, and we we put them through this time. They work with their opening services manager and their um, franchise business coach who's assigned okay. to them day one and will be the FBC that's going to work with them throughout the life cycle of their business. So they're introduced okay. to them very early on. And um, we make sure that not only all of the the specifics of you know your DBA, your entity, your financials, your competitive analysis, all that that the your building your business plan, all of that we we work with them on weekly support calls to get them week through week to week accomplishing the goals and tasks that need to be completed. Um, but then we also are uh, covering topics like the industry, um, operations, marketing, sales systems, your your metrics, your KPIs, um, those soft skills, the leadership we were speaking to earlier. Um, our learning team is phenomenal and have, you know, decades of experience in this space and really understand learning management, instructional design, organizational development strategy, franchise learning, um, to make sure that our franchisees are getting what they need when they need it. But I love how you put that little tease in there because I don't know that we've we've spoken to about this internally, but not too much externally yet. But next year we are going to be um, launching a brand new learning management system. We actually have a few owners in a pilot program right now, and the feedback has been phenomenal. So we're very, very excited about this. It's a complete revamp from the ground up. It's going to be a hybrid of live workshops, networking opportunities, role play, this blended learning of both online and live to make sure that we're facilitating all learning styles to get the owners what they need when they need it on demand, but not only for them, but for their their key staff 
members and team members as well. So right. we're going to have particular learning paths. If you're um, a scheduler and you're, you know, an owner enters them into the LMS, they're going to be directed towards certain courses and paths that are going to support them in that role or care management or um, your sales and marketing team, whatever that looks like. So we're very excited for the launch of our LMS that will be um, happening in, in 2023. And it's going to be um, really a game changer for our system. So we, we cannot wait. I love the growth you guys are experiencing and the things you're doing ahead of time to be able to keep up with that. Because what I'm hearing here when you went through that, the word that comes to mind is scalability, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's what comes to mind. If I'm if I'm a franchise owner and I start with that one or two territories and then I want to grow, this gives me that leverage to be able to grow larger if I wanted to, or make things simpler for me as well, or even both, right? Yes. So I, I really like that a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. We really at launch want to make sure they're getting their legs up under them because they're still in that learning curve for a while. I mean, we're always learning, right? We learn something new every day, but sure. putting all of the theory and the practice in, in into actually operating and launching your business, you're going to be in that learning phase. And that's why our franchise business coaches really come in and make sure that they're getting what they need and when they need it, not only them, but their, their team members as, as well. So staying highly involved, very high touch, um, you know, introducing them to other revenue streams or other vendors or partners or suppliers or whatever is going to meet their need and make that look a little bit easier for them. Because we really do have that inch wide, mile deep mindset when it comes to extracting value out of your unit or your territory. Let's let's see what we can do in this and replicate that elsewhere. And, you know, Crystal has alluded to that earlier. We have many owners who are taking advantage of that. They've, they've dialed it in. They, it's a repeatable model. They've got that, that roadmap, that prescription, they can repeat that wherever they like. And sometimes it's in a neighboring community and sometimes it's in other States. So it's great to see that success work um, depending on what that looks like for the owner and, and what kind of growth and right. success they want to have um, using HomeWell as the vehicle to get them there. And then we have something else exciting we're going to talk about today, too, in this section where, you know, my general question is, how much does it cost to start your franchise? And I always qualify that with recommending that everyone read through the different sections of the franchise documents. Of course, we're just going to talk in general, general information here on the podcast. But Crystal, can you walk us through um, how much does it cost to start your franchise? Yep. So um, much like every other franchise, we do have, you know, your initial franchise fee to get up and running. Um, our, we actually offer two options. Our standing option is an initial franchise fee of 49,500 $49, um, with an ongoing royalty of 5%. Um, and you know that, that's by and large what has been historically offered. However, this year, um, I think July 1st through the end of the year, so we are coming up um, on the deadline sure. of this. However, if you're, you you hop in the pipeline, you can take advantage of it. Um, sign, sign that FDD. Um, we are offering a zero initial franchise fee promotion. Um, and what that is, is basically instead of paying the $49,500, um, you are going to pay only a $5,000 training fee, um, and we will waive the initial franchise fee. Um, and then you will pay a 10% royalty rate up to a predetermined amount of revenue. Okay. Um, and that really does. And we've had, we, we, it's actually had great success, great mm -hmm. traction right out of the gate. Um, you still have to qualify. You still, you know, all the quality measures have to be there. Um, but oftentimes we have seen a, a few folks that come in and, 
they 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 really want to do this, um, but mm-hmm. that forty nine five just feels a little scary, um, and so this allows them to get into the the business and and like I said, the quality measures are still there. So oftentimes they might still have that forty nine five, but what we give them the opportunity to do with this offer is to use that to go sure. right directly into their business out of the gate, uh-huh. um, and so it really is just kind of knocking down a barrier to to entry, a barrier to business mm-hmm. ownership with Homewell. Um, and like I said, we've seen some really great traction and success um, of it since we've launched it in July. Well, you know what I like about that program, Crystal, because I hear all different franchise fees and royalties and what they're getting for that. But what you're what you're doing here with Homewell by doing that is almost the cliche putting your money where your mouth is because you guys aren't really going to actually make any money until the revenues start coming in. You're collecting that royalty, right? Mm-hmm. And while it is a 10% royalty, you're going to predetermine that number ahead of time of what they're they're going to pay you on that. So you're almost financing it through the royalty, right? Is almost how you're doing it. It. Um, and I really like that because every franchisor says that they want to help their franchise owners do a lot of business, but it seems like you guys are literally putting it out there. Hey, we're willing to take the risk. We're going to still go through the qualifications and the due diligence, make sure everything's a fit. But instead of paying us the franchise fee, we're going to let you pay that into your own business, right? Mm-hmm. And we collect a little bit higher royalty for a set period of time or set revenue. And um, that's really exciting because there's, I don't know of any other franchise out there in any industry that's doing anything like that whatsoever. Well, it's a motivation that is mutually beneficial on both sure. sides. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, we were just, we, I don't know that we've opened one yet under the zero franchise fee deal mm-hmm. um, because it just launched in July. We, we have, sure. we, I think we have about eight deals that we have signed um, with the promotion. So we haven't opened one yet, but one of the things that we were just discussing internally is um, with our FBCs, let's get them making money as fast as we possibly can yeah. because their motivation is at some point they will drop back down to the 5%. And sure. that'll be a nice little windfall for them, but also we will get them past probably benchmarks quicker. So it's 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 a mutual incentive and benefit, I think. Yeah, I like how you phrased that. I can see how that fits right into the mutual. Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. Good deal. Um, How does franchise owner support work? We've, you've mentioned the FBC is the franchise business consultant or franchise business coach, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You've mentioned that a few times to to our listeners, but how does the franchise owner support? Now, Michelle, you had mentioned one thing that the folks that help them get started are the folks that stay with them through that life cycle. So that's that's exciting because you build that relationship with the FBCs, right? But how does it work? Is it something that I'm submitting a ticket and I'm one of a thousand and you're just going to go down the list? I know that's not the answer, but um, how does the support systems actually work? Like, am I reaching out to them, text, email, phone? Like, how does that work? All of those. So yes, our, our franchise business coaches are available and, um, you know, they, they receive texts, emails, phone calls, um, any method of communication nowadays, they are communicating successes, questions, challenges, but they also have um, set calls, right? So they've got an hour long, once a week when you launch, right? More if necessary, less over time, depending on the need and the desire of of the franchise owner and and what that FBC feels is going to best support them. Um, But during that time, it is dedicated to them and they've got, you know, questions and and a template and and everything that they're doing to not only encourage the, the business owner to work 
um, you know, less in their business, but more on their business, right? Let's look at those quality measures. Let's look at those KPIs. Let's identify ways to um, work on ROI so that you can, you know, capture more revenue, grow your business and, and, and create more, more wealth for you as well. And in the end, um, help more employees and, and more clients and, and the community that you serve. So very high touch. Um, you know, we also, in addition to our annual conference, we have fall mastermind groups, fall regionals, um, which is a one day event that is led by our our owners. We're basically there just facilitating with mm -hmm. topics of interest and then let it go where it may. And some of the that's where you see a lot of the magic happen, right? Is those those conversations at those sure. tables, going to dinner after hours, having lunch in, you know, in between. Um, we want to not only be there and support them from a corporate perspective, but make sure we're encouraging them to collaborate and share best practices among the system at, as well. So very high touch, um, you know, structured support. It tends to relax after you may be operational 90, 120 days, depending on your need, what you feel, what you want. And, but your FBC is really um, there to be your, your counselor, your therapist, your business coach, your, your friend, and sometimes they got to be the stick a little bit too. So it is a wonderful working relationship that our franchise business coaches have with the F, with the franchisees that they serve. And um, building that trust is so important. And for the franchisees to, to trust the insights and expertise that the FBCs are providing to them is really instrumental in allowing them to grow and scale their business. This has been a great interview. And if it wasn't, I just wouldn't say that, okay? Um, <laughs> no, you guys are really giving us a lot of insights and sharing a lot of good information with folks that are thinking about taking a look at your business model. And as we come up to the end of the interview here, I want to give you both the kind of the last word, you know, give us a kind of a recap. Why should somebody think about reaching out to you? Or if they are, have already reached out to you, why should they continue the process? Um, and then, you know, let us know what is the best way for someone to reach out to you. And I'll make sure to include that on the page below the interview as well. Yeah, so I, I, you know, one of the things to 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 just hit the nail on the head here is that if you join a, a home wall franchise, you're you're not just getting the corporate support, you're not just getting your brand programs and your your platforms and things like that, but and and I can say this because I'm accountable to this. You're you're going to get a really great group of people at your disposal. And, and John, you opened this podcast with the fact that business is all about people and I couldn't agree more. The corporate office, they're just really good, knowledgeable, passionate people. And then the franchise system, the owners, our network of owners are just very passionate, great people. I mean, you just, you wanna grab a beer with them. You just, that's mm -hmm. that's how it how it is. And so if you're looking for a vehicle to business ownership, you're looking to make a difference, and you're also looking to potentially gain some wealth from it, then, then Homewall for sure is, is, is for you. Um, I would add that having been in franchising for quite some time, I know that sometimes franchising for the super entrepreneur might seem a little bit scary because it might be too mandating or overprescriptive. Um, I would say we are the complete opposite of that. Um, Homewell, like I said, I've been in hospitality and I know, I know that if you don't have your breakfast the way it's supposed to be and the bedding the way it's supposed to be on quality insurance visits, you're getting dinged, you're mm -hmm. getting fined, all of the above. And um, we just do not prescribe to that because at 
in home care, it is a hyper local um, relationship business. And so we know the way that you're going to be do business is going to be, could potentially be quite drastically different than your neighbor uh, home while down in the territory over. Right. And so what we look to do is put together a toolbox of all the different tools and support and programs that you could possibly need. And then we use our FBCs to help the owners figure out, okay, what tools do I want to pull from that toolbox, that master toolbox to make my own, to make me successful. Um, so, you know, and, and just to add to that, lastly, I mean, we are, we are a company on the move. Um, we are growing tremendously. I think people are seeing what we're doing. They want to get on board. Um, we've brought on 19 unique owners year to date. Um, and we look to have a pretty hot end of Q4 as, um, as well. Um, and our system revenue continues to grow. So um, yeah, we, we would love to hear more about anyone who is looking to, to join a really great system. That's great. I love companies that are growing. Nobody wants to be part of the sinking ship, right? right. So the, the the everything you guys have said through the interview is just spot on with what I would have expected with seeing your your trajectory and your growth beforehand and taking a look at where your, your space in the industry. Um, the answers you provided, I think, give everybody an initial you know, first blush at who you are and why you do some of the things that you do, which I think is important as well, and, and who the company is, a little bit about the culture and stuff like that. Um, I just really enjoyed the interview. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate your time. Um, today, uh, folks, we're joined on the Franchise Radio Show with CEO Crystal Franz, Michelle Cohn, Senior Vice President of Training and Brand Programs at Homewell Care Services. Ladies, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, John.